you have your Bibles, the book of Genesis, chapter number 45. Genesis chapter 45, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to go down to verses 14 and 15. Genesis 45, starting at verse 1, and reading verses 1 and 2. When you come to your place in Scripture, if you would stand with us for the reading of God's Word. As we here today are taking a look here, a piece, a chapter, a page out of the life of Joseph. Amen. Genesis 45. In case you're wondering, Genesis is the first book of the Bible. Just giving you a hand there, just in case. Amen. Genesis 45. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? The Bible says, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. Listen. And he cried. Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. Listen. And he wept aloud. So loudly, the Bible says, that the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. Let's look down, verse number 14. Verse number 14, same chapter. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. If you notice here in these particular verses, when you get here to the 45th chapter, some would say that you are looking at the culmination of all that God had done in Joseph and through Joseph. And if you will, maybe reaching the culmination and the climax of the story of his life as there is restoration that is happening here with the very brothers that hated him, sold him into slavery, faked his death, all of these things that had happened, and here we are at this moment. Do you notice the theme in these verses? Joseph can no longer contain himself. He is crying. He is weeping. We find as to where his cry is so loud, Brother Christian, that it said the Egyptians and all of Pharaoh's house could hear what was going on behind closed doors. I struggled a little bit with titling this message. I thought about talking about, and we will, talk about the tears that Joseph has shed. 
But there was something that came to my heart as I was reading this story. If you read in these chapters and you read the end of this and you find the conversations as to what is happening and coming up to this moment, there's a lot that Joseph could have remembered and held against his brethren. But one thing that I found, Brother Steve, in this is that mercy was greater than memory. And if I can for just a few moments this morning, and let me just say this, I have had this thought, this message tucked away for months, months and months and months, and all I've done is just prayed over it, asked the Lord to be sensitive to when He'd have me to preach it. And I don't know why, I don't know for who, I don't necessarily understand or will I pretend to know everybody's situation, but I believe today God wants to speak to somebody, that He wants to challenge somebody. And if I can, I just want to preach on that thought, when mercy is greater than your memory. When mercy is greater than your memory. Can we just pray this morning? Would you help us? Would you pray for your pastor? Would you pray the Lord help us today? Father, I give you praise. And Lord, I do give you all of the glory. I thank you, Lord, for your word today. And Father, this morning, I personally may not know exactly how. I may not know exactly for who, but I do believe that your word will not return void. And today it will accomplish what it's been sent to do. And Father, we ask your anointing, our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. Lord, that we can leave here changed and challenged by the word of God, the spirit of God at work. Anoint my mind and lips to preach as would bring you glory and honor. And Lord, I pray as always, hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, this isn't for me to be seen, but Lord, we want to see you and we want to hear you today. And Father, we give you all the praise and we do ask it in Jesus' name. And the church would say, amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. Oh, yes, when mercy is greater than your memory. Hallelujah. I want you to understand this morning that the story of Joseph's life, it is so very rich. I mean, it is so rich. As a matter of fact, I, I have often... When you read about these men and women in Scripture, I think to myself, oftentimes, I mean, uh, Hollywood could not have pinned together. The best script writers couldn't have pinned together the plots and the twists, the turns, the ups and downs, the ins and outs of what we read about and what we see that transpires in the life of God's people. One, of, one, body, uh, one body, somebody once said, is that the Bible, it, it gives us insight into the lives of the people that God worked through and moved through and, and uh, accomplished His purpose through in such a way, is that the characters of Scripture, the people of, of Scripture, they are not to be worshipped because we see all of the imperfections and we see the highs and the lows 
close and it's easy for us to look through the pages brother Roderick and we can shake our heads and kind of be hard on those folks and say well why would Moses do that and why would Peter do that and why would his why would Joseph's brothers act that way and and you know we look at that and we kind of set back because we see the whole story and we arrogantly sometimes look at these lives and say well uh, you know I would have been better than that but no no that's not true as we live through this human experience uh, we come to see that God he has always been and continues to work through and utilize us as frail and flawed individuals hallelujah oh can I say what a miracle it is in itself that God would take us us as dust and be the vehicle through which he wants to accomplish his his purpose through which he wants to see the work of the kingdom done and we see such a rich full vivid picture in the life of Joseph one of my favorites to read about it happened many years ago and I really don't know what prompted it but every January I always go back and I, I study on Joseph's life and I read through these chapters and I, and, and, I, and I look at some things and it's always such an encouragement and a challenge to me in watching the way that Joseph had handled himself and also in the way that we read it many times in Scripture that it would say that, that the Lord was with Joseph. Amen. Here in the life of Joseph, oftentimes in preaching, we highlight certain aspects. We know that Joseph, he was the dreamer. We know that God, very early on, he was uh, revealing to Joseph what he was going to do in and through him. He was looking through a glass darkly, didn't quite understand at all. And oftentimes, the way God's plan and purpose is in our lives, we can have a knowing, we can have a sense, but brother Ringo, we don't always know how the path is going to be or exactly what all God is going to do to work his purpose and plan in our lives. But we, we, we preach often on the fact of Joseph's dreams, the conflict with his brothers, him being sold, thrown in that pit and sold into slavery. We often preach about Potiphar's house and the false imprisonment that Joseph went through. We might even and preaching some things about him being in the prison and what he did for the baker and the butler and the way that God gave him that gift of discernment of dreams and interpreting them and and the way all of these came about. We love to preach about when Joseph is called up out of the prison and he goes and the Bible said he shaved himself and put on new clothes and he stands before Pharaoh and sister Diana, Pharaoh had been troubled in his dream. He brought every in every magician and soothsayer and every wise man he had in the kingdom and tried to 
find out what the meaning of his dream. And here comes Joseph at the divine appointment, at the divine season, and stands before Pharaoh. And he looks at Pharaoh and says, There's not a man here that can help you, but I know a God in heaven who can. And he begins to interpret the dream. We love to preach, Brother Christian, that as a result, Joseph is risen to second in command. And as a result, we love to preach as well how Joseph utilizes the wisdom of God to save in the years of prosperity so that they can survive the famine that was to come. We come to see that as such a result of God's direction and leadership and wisdom that literally Egypt, which was the most powerful nation on the earth at that time, was literally set to protect and to feed and to keep alive those that were in the earth at that moment. As the Bible says that they would come to the storehouses of Egypt and Joseph was there and they were giving that allotment of food for those that were starving. We love to even preach about the fact that Joseph as he was there, you'll read in the previous chapter as to where he told his brothers he said God put me here before you ever showed up to save you as a posterity in the earth amen what was he doing so that you would not die and God's covenant would not die and God's promise would not die God put me here in this place to make sure that the life of that covenant and that promise would be preserved Oh, and Brother Roderick, I've preached all of them. Woo, I have. Oh, and you give me a little bit of time, I'll, I'll pull them out and dust, uh, dust, uh, dust off the notes and preach them all again. Amen. I just, I love the life of Joseph. But Sister Linda, there's something that over the last several months that's been on my mind. Of all the things that preachers preach about, about Joseph. Of all the highs and the lows, the twists and the turns, the plots, the mountains and the valleys. All of these things. Brother Michael, I don't often hear about the preaching of Joseph's tears. I don't often hear about the preaching of what happened in the day in that room as to where he begins to weep over his brethren as he begins Sister Shannon the Bible said he reached a point to where he could not contain himself in the previous chapter as they stand as he secretly placed the money bag in the Benjamin sack of grain and they're coming back to apologize they're coming back to make it right they have no clue what's going on and I don't have time to go through all of that go back and read the story that's all I can tell you. Go back and read the story. But we find that when all this is going on, that while they are confronting him and speaking with him, at that point Brother Pickens, the Bible says he reached a point. He was not able to contain himself, but at that time, he sent everybody away and he went privately to a room to begin to cry and to weep as he knew who his brothers were. I want you this morning to understand is that we can take a look at all of the significant successes of all the things that God did of all the things that God orchestrated in Joseph's life but I today believe that 
one of the most paramount moments in Joseph's life that the greatest mark and measure of his success and maturity and of the goodness of God is when he when he had the power to come down and vindicate himself upon his brothers here was a man who said I will let mercy be greater than what my memory is I will let mercy step in when I remember all the wrong when I remember sleepless nights when I remember missing my father when I remember the times where the root of bitterness would spring up in my heart there was a paramount moment where Joseph made a decision and it is evidenced by his tears as he wept over his brothers hallelujah you might say this morning that's good and well and I I understand that's, that's a marvelous thing brother Jacob but how does that apply to us as I was thinking to myself about how mercy was greater than memory, I began to realize and recognize, and I trust that you will as well this morning, how powerful memory is. Have you ever been in a room and you get a whiff of a fragrance that's in the air? And when you take in that smell... It is, I, I, I say, it's the closest thing to time travel that we have. You can get a smell. And Brother Heath, all of a sudden, you're sitting at Grandma's kitchen table. All of a sudden, you're in a place with a loved one who maybe they're already gone. And maybe it's a smell. Maybe it's a taste of something. Maybe it's the feel of something. Maybe it's the sight of someone. I, I, I spent a whole lot of time with my papa, and uh, my papa he loved to whistle. He whistled all the time, and uh, and as a result, as a kid, I, I still remember Sister Karen, where uh, my papa sat, where about where Sister Linda does in the little AG church there in Elsinore. He sat on that side right there, and I remember as a kid, song service be going on, people be worshiping, and sometimes Papa would be over there, and he'd be whistling with the song. He wouldn't be singing it, he'd be whistling. And I remember one, I remember one service, Brother Danny, I leaned over to Papa, and I said, Papa, I said, are you the church whistler? And he laughed. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, Papa, you whistle a lot while everybody's singing. I said, does the church ask you to be the whistler? And he laughed and he said, no. He said, all it is, son. He said, I can whistle better than I can sing. And I understood that. I understand that today. But I still remember. I mean, Brother Marvin didn't matter. Papa was always whistling, doing something. Well, I picked that up. And I tend, you can ask my girls, you can ask the staff at the school, you can ask, if I'm coming somewhere, normally you will hear me before you see me because I will whistle. And as a result, I still remember, Sister Fitzwater, I was sitting in my grandmother's living room. Grandma was back in the laundry room. And this had been, I don't know, maybe a year or so after Papa had passed away. And I was sitting there, and we had been visiting. And, and as I was sitting there, I, didn't even, I wasn't even conscious of the fact that I did it. But I was sitting there and just began to whistle. 
And as I began to whistle a little tune that was on my mind, my grandmother, I'll never forget, she came busting out of that laundry room. And she looked in there at me, and she was as wide as a sheet. And she said, Jacob Smith... She said, you sound, she said, I thought Jerry Reynolds was sitting in that living room. She said, you whistle just like your papa. And she said, I, she said, it took me back for a minute. But what happened, Brother Ringo, is just the sound. It triggered her memory. It caused a response. All of us have been there where, there where memory has been so powerful. Even if you were to say, I don't have very good memory, there are some things that will stir your memory. There are some things that will get you. I, Sister Wilson, I have been and visited with people in hospital rooms that suffered with dementia, that suffered with Alzheimer's, and they couldn't tell you. I mean, one minute from the next, what you just said, but brother Jeremy they could go back in their mind and they could share with you in detail of things that were going on there was a brother in Livingston Texas by the name of brother Hickman and brother Hickman was battling with Alzheimer's and I remember he would come and stand in the hallway of the church and he would look at you and and, and oftentimes he'd say I know I should know who you are and he'd tell me that oftentimes sister Faye And I'd say, it's me, Brother Hickman. It's Brother Jacob. I'm one of your preachers here at the church. Oh, yes, yes. And we'd talk a little bit. I still remember he was in the hospital. His health was deteriorating. And I walked in, Brother Steve, and he looked at me and he said, Hey, he said, did you go cut those logs out in the the woods today? I said, yes, sir, I did. His wife was over there, Sister Hickman. She was embarrassed and she looked at him. She said, I'm so sorry, Brother Jake. I said, don't you apologize. I said, I can live in his world for a little bit. And so he said, all right. He said, now listen, we got to be sure and take because see, Brother Hickman was a logger and a sawmiller. He said, we got to take that, we got to take that load down there to the sawmill. We're going to get a price. He said, so be sure you go and do that and get back with me and let me know what they're going to give us for it. I said, I'll take care of it, Brother Hickman. And then he'd have moments where he was lucid and he knew. But every time, Brother Pickens, every time I spoke with Brother Hickman, no matter how far back he was living and in his mind, there was one place of his memory that had not been touched because he ended every conversation. He would say, I will tell you this, that God is a master of every situation and that God does not fail. I'd say, that's right, Brother Hickman. Oh, can I tell you, that wretched disease wrecked his mind and took a lot away from him. But Brother Danny, that memory of the Lord and the goodness of God, it was still intact. I'm telling you, memory is powerful. It's powerful. And I say all of that to say this. Memory is so powerful that it's going to have to take a greater power to overcome your memory and my memory. Let me first tell you this. First of all, I want you to know is the enemy wants to use your memory against you. The enemy loves for you to live in the memory of your past. 
The enemy loves for you to live in the memory of your failure. In the memory of your frustration. In the memory of moments that all of us, that we could stand and say, I wish I had never done that. Or Brother Chad, we wish if we could, we could take a giant eraser and just get rid of it and mark it out of our lives. And can I tell you, the enemy loves to use that memory against you, to manipulate you, and let me say, to mangle you, and to get you in a place where you're stuck. Can I tell somebody the morning. Again, I don't know who this is for, but I believe God has someone at heart and on mind. I want you to know today that maybe your past has come up because let me tell you this, the enemy does not fight fair. Brother Chad and I were talking earlier this week, Sunday night, Brother Chad, if you weren't here, you missed it. I mean the the, the power of God met Brother Chad right here, right here in this altar. Brother Chad, when you and I talked, I think it's one of them nights, you're going to remember exactly where your feet were planted in the carpet. Amen. He was right here and the power of God was moving upon him and the Lord was helping him and I I texted him Monday morning and I said, Brother Chad, I said, I just want you to know I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for pressing in. I'm proud of you for praying it through. I'm proud of you for making headway with the Lord. And so he called me later that day and we began to talk. And he said, Brother Jacob, he said, I knew it was going to happen. He said, I didn't understand the veracity with which it happened. He said, but I can tell you, praying it through on Sunday night, men all of hell met me today on Monday morning. And he said, it's been a battle of the mind. It's been a battle in my spirit. And I want to tell somebody in this house there are times that where maybe when you're making headway with God, when you are in your relationship with Him that there are some things that the enemy wants to use to try to pull you down and destroy you and make you think there's no way Brother Eddie, there's times I'm sure sitting in this service when you're worshiping and when you're in the presence of the Lord the enemy, he don't fight fair he reaches way back brother Roderick and he grabs a whole lot of dirt from the past and he loves to throw it right in your face brother Aaron he loves to get it right there and throw it at you and say look at you look at the mess you made you once was this and you once was that look at the failures look at how your family's been affected look at how you've been falling apart look at all the scams and the schemes Look at the manipulation and the hurt and the pain you've been involved with. But I want to tell somebody in this house where the enemy wants to accuse you from your past and your present struggle. I want to let you know there's a God in heaven who looks at you and says, I'm sorry. I don't have memory of that. But what I do have is mercy. What I do have is new life new power you're a new creation and all that God knows I'm thankful he is willing to forget you're not hearing me this morning there's some of us we're sitting here thinking well 
Blessed be the Lord, I have no problems in my life. I have, I'm, don't worry, I'm getting to you in a minute. I'm coming your direction, so just hang on. Oh, you say, well, I understand. If he's preaching right now, somebody lived a hard life. He's preaching to those, they've been drink, drinking and druggers, and they was in prison, and they was this and that and all this. Let me tell you something. What I love, what I love about the fact of God is, is this morning, can I tell you that some of you may be even set paralyzed in service. You sit paralyzed and feel like I'm, it's not that you don't want to worship. For some of you, you want to. Some of you, you want that liberty. But for some people, the memory, the memory is working against you. And before you can even lift your hand, there's a voice that says, you're such a failure. You're such a fraud. How can you dare lift your hand? How can you dare worship? How can you dare say amen? How can you dare? For some people, they won't even sing a lyric of a song coming from the platform because in your mind, your memory has told you you're not even worthy to utter those words because that's not you you hypocrite you liar come on I know it's quiet I must be hitting the nail on the head hear me how can I sing goodness of God when all I've done is wrestled all week thinking God has been unfair to me how how can I sing, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, and Brother Roderick, maybe this week I haven't even opened my Bible. I haven't even prayed. Come on here. If you think the devil don't come to church, he sure does. He sure does. He'll sit right where you are. Right in the vicinity of where you're at. How dare you, Amber? How dare you, Michael? Don't you remember how you lost your cool? Don't you remember how you said something unkind? Don't you remember how in the world? How in the world, Danny? How in the world can you give those talents to God? You ain't even qualified. You ain't even deserving to be up there on that piano. Don't you know everybody's looking at you? you don't you know everybody's shaking their head come on here if you don't think it's real you're living on another planet if you don't think it's real come on sister Kimberly we can sit there and the devil will sit right beside you don't you it'll feel like a thousand pound weight on your arm don't you raise your hands how dare you cry how dare you worship Thomas Ringo how dare you even think about it think about all the stuff let me tell you something right now everybody in this house has a past everybody in this house has an issue brother Jeremy everybody in this house has something to be embarrassed of but there's a heavenly father that is rich in mercy and willing to forgive and willing to help us along the way somewhere sister Sandra we got it so twisted there's people that stayed at home and didn't come to church or they won't come to, to a church even. Because they think they're unqualified. They ain't clean enough. They ain't spiritual enough. There ain't nothing that can help them. Let me tell you something. To those of you who feel such a way, you need to know today there is a God who His mercy is greater than your memory. Even the prodigal son, 
Sister Linda, he rehearsed all the things he was going to tell his daddy. He said, I'll just tell him, I'll, I'll, just, I'll sweep the floors, I'll scrub the toilets, I'll do whatever I need to do if I can just come back home. And before, before the prodigal son could even rehearse his story, his father said, come here. You know what the Bible said, Brother Marvin? The father ran to him. Ran to him. And what happened, Sister Haley? Fell upon him and wept upon his neck. As I was reading Brother Roderick about Joseph and his embrace of his brothers and all that happened, I said, my goodness, this, is, this was just a foretelling of the story of the prodigal. This was just a foretelling of that one who was coming back, who come to find that mercy was greater than his father's memory. Oh, daddy could have been at the house. And daddy could have stared at that window. And daddy could have been hard-nosed and said he's getting everything he deserved. I mean, he spent all that money. That was, that was inheritance I worked to get to give to him. He spent it up. He's been used and abused. He just I'm just going to let him lay there and waller. Let him lay there and eat the pig's food. Let him lay there. And I mean, he's just going to get it. Even the father could have been vindictive. Even the father could have been disgruntled. Even the father could have said, this is what you get. This is your bed. Now you got to lay in it. But I'm glad that father was a picture of the heavenly father who said, get the wardrobe, get the ring, kill the fatted calf. My son who was lost has now been found. Mercy that is greater than memory. Hallelujah. Oh, mercy greater than memory. I want you to notice a couple of things the Word, God, the word of God says about his, God's memory. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Lamentations 3, 22 through 24. Because His compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. Psalms 51 and 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Oh, when we wish that we could forget every dumb thing we've ever done, every vile thing we've ever done, everything we've ever been embarrassed of, and we wish, Brother Chad, we had that big eraser and can just get rid of it. The Word of God, Sister Amy, tells me that because of His mercy, when I call to Him asking for His mercy, that because of the precious blood of the Lamb, I wish somebody in here would hear me this morning, that because of the blood, He blood it out. He removes it from us. Oh, it's blotted out. Psalms 103 and 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgression from us. Psalms 103 and 4, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. 
I want somebody to know today that God wants mercy over the memory of your pain, your past, your frustration. And let me say this, even your present, even your present, a feeling like you just can't because I'm too unworthy. I just can't do it. Let me, if I may, shift gears here for just a moment. Because the other side of this is we know that God is merciful. And we're thankful that He forgives us and that His mercy is greater than our memories of our failures and, and what He can hold the account against us. The old songwriter said, long ago, long ago, the old account was settled long ago. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But let me say this. Joseph gives us a picture of what real success is because we see not only was God showing Joseph that God's mercy was greater than Joseph's memory of his failures, his faults, his struggles, but now when that can be applied in your life. If I can shift gears and tell somebody this morning, for some of us here, maybe it's the fact that mercy needs to be greater than the memory of who has faulted you. Of who has wounded you. Of who has offended you. There are some offenses. I'm not here to minimize that your heart's ever been broken. I'm not here to act like it never happened that somebody you loved and respected brought you down so far that it was hard to get back up again. Because, Sister Sanja, it happens. It is the human experience. We are human. We are flawed. And sadly, we will hurt people that we love. And people you love, people you believed in, people you had confidence in, they will hurt you as well. You will get offended and you will get sidetracked and sidelined. And, and you, will, you, will, you will find at times it comes out of nowhere and you're trying to figure it out. And the wind is knocked out of you. And I mean it's just hard. It's hard when sometimes it's the first thing you think about when you wake up. And it's the last thing on your mind when you go to bed. When you come into the church. Oh, hear me. Somebody better hear me right now. You come into the church and say, well, because whether it's Victory Temple or any other place there's plenty of people who could say well I used to be there I used to go there there's some that could walk into a building and look around and say too many memories it's too hard this is where my heart was broken this is where I was disappointed this is where and we can lay out all of our reasons and justifications and I will be honest with you one of the hardest places to get hurt is in the church it's in your family. Mama should have been there to protect you. Daddy should have, should have been there to, to be a, a, a strength to you, not offended you and hurt you. But somewhere, maybe even somebody you loved in your family has hurt you, abused you, done something that was completely uncalled for. Can I tell somebody today, the only hope for you to walk in liberty, for you to walk in the power of God, for you to have revival, once again in your soul is you're going to have to ask God Lord would you help me that mercy is greater than my memory 
Mm. Mm. There might be some that are here this morning, you're as far as you'll ever go until mercy becomes greater than memory. You've hit the lid. You're where you're at. And you're not, hear this preacher's words, you're not going to go any further in God, in your relationship with God, in His purposes and plans for your life until mercy is greater than your memory. Your prayer life, it's where it's at. Your sanctification is where it's at. Your walk and experience, let me, let me say it like this. Your usability in the kingdom of God, you've hit the lid. This is where you're at until mercy is greater than memory. The Bible said Joseph took them in. I wonder, Sister Laura, I wonder, how do you think he felt? Because I know how I feel sometimes around folks that wronged me. Especially, Brother Roderick, if I'm in a position to where I'm doing or I'm better than or I'm accomplishing something that maybe at one point they said, it ain't going to happen. You ain't going to do it. There's that thing inside of us, and we know how the world is. The world is all about put it in their face. Show them who's boss. Tell them what it is that you're doing, whatever the case might be. But that's not kingdom attitude. That's not spirit-filled living. But sometimes we get in a place to where we want to be sure they know we overcame everything that you said was going to happen. I want you to know that I'm better off. I, I, I'm doing much better. There's more success. There's all these things ever since what you said and what you did or whatever the case might be. And can you imagine how Joseph felt looking in the eyes of those men? Brother Roderick, only one brother didn't want to kill him. Only one. And brother Bobby, he could have looked at them. He had the power. He had the power to have destroyed them. He could have. He could have starved them out. Could have thrown them into prison. Could have had them executed. Whatever he wanted. He's looking those men in the eye, Michael. They wanted him dead. Hated him. That's a lot for the memory to compute. But somewhere, Sister Shan, somewhere, by the goodness of God himself, Joseph, there's something in him, Sister Amy, that turns over. There's something in him that says, here's what I realized, is while you intended something for evil, while you did something to hurt me, I'm preaching to somebody, you've been hurt, you've been used, you've been abused, you've been betrayed, you've been talked bad about, you've been cast down. There's something somewhere you ought to let the Holy Ghost reach in and say, I know it was wrong. I know it hurt, but it was 
because of that that propelled you to a place where God can do something in your life. But now as a result, you're on the other side of it all. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with it? Joseph, who was turning over in his spirit, and the Bible says he begins to weep. He calls his brothers in, closes the door, and he weeps so loudly. It said the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard him. You know what the Lord spoke to my heart? We as a church are so busy trying to impress the world by our outreaches. We'll get on Facebook. We we fed 350 people in our community today. That's wonderful. It's needed. We need to do it. We did this. We we invested money to build churches in, in third world countries. And we've done this and we've done that. And we're wanting people to watch it. We're wanting them, Sister Haley, say, Oh, wow, look at them. Look at Victory Temple. I mean, aren't they wonderful? Isn't that a lovely place? I'd just love to go and be with them. I'd just love to go and worship there. But sadly, too many times, some people get the real experience where churches, we can boast all day long about what we've done, but mercy is not utilized in the house. And we come to realize we're professional grudge holders. We're professional at upholding a root of bitterness. Let me tell you something. Out of all of Joseph's accomplishments, I choose to believe, Brother Marvin, the thing that made an impact on Pharaoh's house and the thing that made an impact on Egypt was not being fed and kept alive but that man in command behind closed doors with his brethren who wanted him dead begins to weep weep over his family weep over his brothers so much that everybody could hear You want to impact the world, Victory Temple? You want to touch a community? You want to be a witness to your lost family? Egypt is a term of the world. Pharaoh is a term of the enemy, the adversary. And listen, he said, the Egyptians and Pharaoh's house. Listen, you want to make real impact. You want to get hell nervous. Can you imagine? I want you to think about the Egyptians and Pharaoh's household in there. And they heard, oh! Oh! Joseph couldn't contain his tears. Can you hear him? Can you see their faces? What in the world is going on in there? What's going on? Maybe some of them ran to the door, second in command. Joseph's in trouble. What's going on? Oh! My brothers! I love you! Can you hear him? I wonder what they're thinking outside of the room. 
Can I say something? You want to show that you're born again? You want to impact your family? You want to impact this community? You're going to have to let mercy be greater than your memory. I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to. The Bible tells us that after they begin to talk and discuss, if you go on to read, we find that Pharaoh, he is delighted over the fact they said Joseph's brothers are here. Those are his brothers. And Pharaoh said, get the wagons. We're going to load them up. There's old Jacob down there. They starving to death. He's waiting on food. He's nervous. They got Benjamin. All this stuff's going on. And if you read the story, there's a time, Brother Hemphill, he looks out over the horizon. He says, behold the wagons. Look at what's going on. There's Joseph. And he says, oh, my son that I thought was dead. You're yet alive. I want to tell somebody, Brother Danny, if you'll come. I want to tell somebody in this house that there are some things you thought were dead. Some relationships you thought were over. Some situations you thought there was no help, no hope. You didn't think you could move past it. You didn't think you could overcome it. But I pray somebody this morning, by way of the Holy Ghost, that you can know that mercy can be greater than your memory hallelujah hallelujah have you been hurt yes have you been hated yes have you been talked about yes has your failure been discussed and planned and hoped for by others yes Are there some, Sister Kara, that they're not for you? Yes. One old preacher said, son, it's not the fact that they're not for you. It's just the fact they're for themselves. Are there some, Brother Coleman, that every time they hear you, see you, see what Night Strike's doing... All they remember in their memory is the old Wesley. Yep. Brother Eddie, are there some that never give you a chance, a second thought? Some that would say right now today, oh, he's doing that church thing right now. Right now he's doing it. It ain't going to last. Are there those who say that? Yep. 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 Sister Ashley, you've been done wrong, been hurt, ever been mistreated, ever been done unfairly? Yes. All of us. Yes. So what do we do? How do we proceed? How do we keep living? Sister Amber, how do I bust through that lid? How do I get out of stagnation? How do I get out of the quicksand of pain? Sister Faye, I have to intentionally decide.
that mercy is going to be greater than my memory. Got to. Can we bow our heads all over this house? Father, I thank you today. Lord, I've done my very best to deliver this message. And Lord, I pray that beyond my faults and my failures and who I'm not as a preacher or a pastor, that your word can just be at work right now. Father, I pray for hearts that are broken. I pray for those that live held hostage over their past. I pray for those this morning who maybe feel like they can't be forgiven. For those where the enemy has done everything to, to manipulate their today. To ruin their experience in you by thinking that they can't be forgiven. By thinking that they can't move, move ahead. By thinking that they've done too much. I pray for that one today who struggles. I pray for that one today who their memory is powerful. They remember very well all the things that has happened. But Lord, we're looking to your mercy. Remind them today that your mercy is greater than memory. The memory of our failures, the memories of our past. Lord, I pray for those today that maybe their memory of betrayal, hurt, lies, misuse. Lord, at times the memory of it brings us to anger, brings us to tears. Sometimes it cripples us. Sometimes it, it takes the breath out of us. But Lord, there are some that they don't realize that they're hindered in how far they will go until they allow mercy, the mercy of God, the love that covers a multitude of sins to be at work. The same mercy that we freely have received that we must be willing to give. Lord, I pray you'd help us. Lord, maybe our hurts have come from the church. Maybe our hurts have come from people in our family that we love. Maybe from friends that we thought would never fail us, never let us down. But Lord, I pray today that mercy would be greater than memory. Precious Holy Ghost, I'm asking you now to touch hearts. Church, this morning, you'd say, Brother Jacob, if I respond to this, boy, people's going to think I've got real issues. No. Here's the thing. All of us got issues, and all of us have memory, memories, situations. But today, maybe it's the fact that we need to let the mercy of God wash over us and be greater. Be greater than our memories. Lord, would you do what only you can do? I don't know. I don't know who this is for. I don't know what's going on. I don't know the pain. I don't know the problem. And I don't have to know. But here's what I do know today is mercy is greater than memory. Come on, church. Can we just pray together right now? 
right now. Can we just pray? Holy Ghost. Some of you right now, some of you right now, if you'll let the Spirit of God do it, you'll feel, you'll feel that thing begin to break in your life. You'll feel that begin to diminish and dissipate. You'll feel it begin to go in Jesus' name. When mercy comes through the door, when mercy opens the prison doors and steps in and says, I know your memory was powerful, but mercy has now arrived and mercy is greater. But pastor, I've got a broken heart. Oh, pastor, they did me wrong. They did my family wrong. Oh, but the good news is mercy is greater than memory. Oh, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Some you're dealing with contentions right now. Some of them you've contrived them yourself. Some of them you're holding on to it yourself. Some of them it's a, it's a fight within you because there it is. You've conjured it. You've made it what it is. And right now you need to let mercy be greater than your memory. Oh, I, I'm thankful for these that have responded. These altars are open. Church, why don't we come? Why don't we come and find ourselves a place in this altar today? Why don't we come and say, Lord, I need mercy. I need mercy to be greater than my memory. Oh, I've been hurt. I've been bruised. I've been wounded. I don't want to be stuck. I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to hit the lid. Oh, but Lord, I need you today. Oh, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Oh, Lamb of God, would you help us today? Call to the sand. God.